from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Lace up your running shoes because this episode moves fast. Diving into the 3-2 zone with Zepps basketball varsity boys coach Mark Smith on the 3-2 zone defense. Coach shows us six variations of the 3-2 zone. Deep dive. This is 30 minutes of what was actually an hour-long presentation with our Coach's Edge members, and it was awesome. So we want to give you a taste of that. He does a great job breaking down from audio, the rotations, the spots, the locations, and what they see. So you're going to get a lot out of that. He talks about odd fronts, even fronts, how different teams try to attack their 3-2 zone, and obviously shares the details of six different variations just in the first half hour of this episode. Talks about their rotations, when they have a triangle with their their middleman, where the pickup point is, so many great nuggets if you're looking to add this as your base defense or as a secondary defense within your team. A couple other updates before we get to the show. Sign up for our Wednesday player development presentation, in-season player development. I'll be talking and presenting about 15, 20 minutes of your practice, what that could look like because a lot of coaches, when they get into the thick of the season, that's something that can go to the wayside is – their player development. You want your players to continue to improve throughout the course of the season. That's what I want for you as well. And I'm going to give you some ideas there. Number two, coachesedge.coach is live. Check it out. You get access to hundreds of videos, PDFs, the monthly meetings that you're listening to right here. This is something we do all the time. We do them at least twice every single month, all year long. I watch your game film. Most importantly, we just want to help you out. Want to help you be more successful. You want to differentiate yourself from the other teams in your league. You want to be different. You want to stand out. You want to have an advantage. Join coachesedge.coach. It is an advantage for you. And then if you are in Michigan, we have a coaches clinic right before the season kicks off, November 13th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Unionville Seabling Area Schools. That's going to be awesome. we got some great high school and college speakers coming out that are ready to share the game as we get amped up for the season. Special thank you to Coach Smith for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. This was a great deep dive episode. Let's get to the show. Coaches, thanks for jumping into this meeting. Um, you know, Coach Johnson, Coach Morton, a handful of coaches, whether you are a member of Coach's Edge or not, this is something that we do on a very consistent basis. We meet at least two times. We meet at least two times every single month. And um, this is... I'll let a couple more coaches jump in. Welcome, coaches. And so tonight's meeting kicks off one of four, where uh, we're breaking down some Zoom presentations as we dig into the season that will cover a variety of topics. And as I mentioned before, usually these meetings, they're only the members that we work with, with coachesedge.coach, um, but we'll open up some as we're doing right now. Our next one is on Thursday with Coach Troshak, who's in here. Uh, he'll be presenting on practice planning and design, layering progressions on Thursday. I'll do one the Wednesday after that. And then we have national champion A.J. Burton of Southern Maine Community College 
and they just won the JUCO national championship for D2 last year. And he contributes to the website and he'll be talking about uh, their motion offense. I was looking for someone who knew something about a three, two zone much better than I did. And uh, we reached out, we've chatted a couple of times on the phone. Um, I know a handful of, we, we don't know each other personally, but we know a handful of the same people and everybody that I've spoken to speaks very highly of coach Smith, uh, not just as a basketball coach, but as a person. So coach, thanks for taking the time to break down a little bit of this three, two zone. I'm going to hand it over to you. And from there coaches, please feel free to unmute, ask questions, put them in the chat and let's learn a whole bunch tonight. Thanks, Steve. That's a very nice introduction. Um, yeah, my name's Mark Smith. I'm the head boys basketball coach at Shenandoah High School, Sayersville, Ohio, southeast uh, Southeast Ohio, near Cambridge, the Marietta area. Uh, been coaching basketball for 23 years. This is my eighth year as a head coach, my seventh year at Shenandoah. Um, I guess I've been running the 3-2 zone my entire career. I've uh, been doing it. It may be a main defense. It may be just a spot defense, you know, depending on what our personnel is. It may be something that we run 50-50. Uh, so I've done a little bit of everything there. Uh, you know, some people are probably familiar with the basic coverage of 3-2 zone, and I will uh, go through that. Then I'll show you some different coverages and, and, and whatnot and how, how we adjust to things. If you have specific questions at any time, feel free to interrupt me. Uh, I'm very informal. I'll answer anything you got, including uh, what do you not like to see, uh, what causes you problems. So if you're looking at it from another viewpoint, from the offensive viewpoint, I'll, I, I'll tell you what what are what causes us the most problems as well. But um, uh, I guess why three two? Uh, it's because when I started coaching, uh, the guy I was coaching under for five years as assistant. That's what. We ran as a secondary defense. We were a matchup press, run a jump team, and then we throw a 3-2 zone out there to change some things up. Uh, so the old adage, coach what you know, uh, kind of followed me along. Uh, so and it's expanded over the years. I will tell you this year it will be our base defense because of our personnel. We can talk a little bit more about that later if anybody has questions. But uh, we call our 3-2-30, uh, 30 defense in our system, the – the first number uh, would indicate what zone it would be. So if it was 10, it would be 131. If it was 20, it would be 23. If it was 30, it would be 32. Uh, the second number we'll explain a little bit later allows us to quickly make adjustments and uh, like we'll do a 32, a 33, a 35. And that second number will tell us where we're going to trap out of. But in a basic 3-2 zone, I'll try to get my board out here. Give basic responsibilities. So hopefully everybody can see that. We can extend out into one, two, two, and I will show that in a minute. But basic responsibilities in our 30 defense, it's ball dependent, but the back guys are going to have to cover ball side corner, the backside block. I think you got to hire just a tiny bit, coach. Okay. Get it up there. Perfect. They're going to go ball side, side block. So straight, a straight line. The wings, when we get to it, are going to go from the alley. We call this area the alley down to the block. 
The same thing here from the alley down to the block. And the middleman is going to work a triangle in that situation right there, depending on where the ball is at again. So let's look at where the ball is going to be. If the ball happens to be up in this situation right here, defense will look like this. Wing in the alley. We're going to cheat on the ball side here, expecting a pass to the corner. We're going to sink into the middle. The weak side post is going to cheat to the backside or to the ball side block. And most importantly, the weak side wing has to cover all the way down. That is imperative that the weak side wing covers down. It will be the first thing that kids mess up and it will cost you a weak side rebound or, or a uh, diagonal pass down in that area. Um, and give you give up an easy layup. So that's the first mistake that people will make with this. Now, when we run our 3-2, we extend out. We're not running the zone to try to make people jack the ball from the outside. We're running it to try to extend and contest perimeter, perimeter play. We know that everybody knows that you want to get the ball to the high post or the short corner against most zone defenses. Um, we want the ball to go to the high post and we want to contest the high post. We feel like that if we can contest a high post player and make him try to score one-on-one -on -one over the top of us, there's very few kids, at least at the, where we play, which is small school basketball, they're able to do that. And I, we also find the coaches are reluctant to put their best player at the high post sometimes because maybe because they don't have uh, overall ball handling, handling on the perimeter. But uh, so we, we invite the ball almost to go to the high post and then we want to make them play one-on-one. -on -one. Now, depending on the coverage, what we showed you right there, if the ball is at the high post, If the ball is at the high post, we are going to be middleman. The zone is going to be under that. We got our wings. We got our back row players. Okay. The second mistake that will be made without without question is is your wings are going to want to turn and look at the basketball. They're going to want to dig in here. That can't happen um, because. As we probably all know, what are teams going to do with the basketball initially at the high post there? If a kid can't make a play, they're going to kick the ball out opposite, or they may kick it right back to where it came from on the outside. And if we're doubling down on that high post, um, you're going to give up an uncontested three from the inside out. So that's the second thing that's going to happen to you. Backside cover down is a mistake that's going to happen if you go to this. And doubling into the high post is going to – get you get you in trouble there too now most teams that we see probably 50 percent of them are going to attack this with a two-guard front 
in that situation. Okay, that's how most teams, like I said, probably about 50% of what we see are with the two-guard front. Um, we invite that because I think most of us can see right now we're completely matched up with them if they come with the two-guard front. We like this situation a whole lot. Um, you know, no matter if the ball goes to the corner, if the ball would happen to be kicked out here to the corner, Our backside guy, our ball side corner will be right there. We're going to come over. We're going to drop down, and we have a we have a good coverage with that if the ball goes to the corner. So, uh, two guard front like that, which is what I think a lot of people go to. That's what we like to see. Uh, because, again, because of the matchup. Other situations that we'll see with this base coverage. Teams will try to overload us, obviously. We like this as well. Because the offense right now is basically in a 3-2 situation. So we're going to be ball side back. We're going to be weak side post is going to come over. We're going to be wing, what we call in the gap. That's the ball side wing if the ball's here in the corner. We're going to be middleman here at the high post, and our backside wing is going to be covering down. He's got everything on the weak side. So there's your overload situation. We love it. So we're, we're matched up again with them, with a, with a two-guard front. Those are probably the, the most things we see out of a two-guard front. The other situation we'll see, we'll get a baseline runner. Okay. And that's fine as well. We'll have our low block man out here. Weak side is going to come over here to ball side post. We're in the gap here. We're sinking with the middle man in the zone, and the backside wing has to get that cover down right there. So, again, we're matched up with the baseline runner. Some people will try to screen down here. And bring a shooter back. Doesn't matter. We just switch that like you would switch in man-to-man. Now, one thing I do have to point out, if you get this situation right here, is that your low men in the zone, your low men, must be on the low side of your 3-2 zone. They have to be low. Coach, why do they have to be low? Well, if you give up a baseline drive because you're caught up high, you have limited help in this situation. Very, very limited help, um, you know, and you're going to give up a two-on-one and a, and a backside um, backside dump down for a layup. So uh, it is imperative your low men at the very least stay behind or get to the low side. They get caught high. They get caught fronting. They're going to get sealed and give up a baseline drive with a poor closeout. So three things we've talked about the kids are going to do is they're going to miss the backside cover down. They are going to try to double into the post, and we can get caught on the high side or fronting the low post situation. Those three things will cause trouble for you, and uh, you're in a scramble situation then. So that is our basic coverage out of, out of what we call 30 with the two-guard front. Now, what causes us more trouble 
at times is a one guard front. And this can happen in a variety of ways. Offense is obviously going to probably be in some situation like that with a one guard front. Now, what are they going to do with their posts is the question. Let's say they start out in this one, two, two situations. We will see this. And then sometimes we'll get some type of, you know, post flashing up into this situation here, the post X from high post to short corner, high post to short corner. How do we address that situation? The simplest thing that we do with that is we just man up at the back. If this guy flashes, we're coming with him. We just man up with our back to you guys. And it simplifies things for everybody in that situation. So if they're Xing, if they're staying flat, whatever they're doing, we will just man up. The same thing will go with if we get a permanent high post, a one three one set. And this guy's just going short corner to short corner. Again, we will simply match up with the bad guys. So in this situation here, our three two looks like a one three one. So we got three guys playing zone principles and two guys basically playing man on the backside. On the, on the low side, excuse me. So why does the one guard front cause us more problems? Puts pressure on the middle man of the zone a little bit, particularly if this point guard can shoot the basketball. He may have to come up. He may have to help back into here. And it, puts, it makes him make some decisions is basically what's going on. So in this situation, let's say that guy can shoot the basketball, and we have to respect that. You know, the zone looks more like a one-two-two because we're extended. But at least we are matched up. So that's how we will adjust, whether it's two-guard front or one-guard front, basically, in those situations. Anybody have any questions about that? So we talked about what's going to get you beat, the mistakes that are going to be made, two-guard front, one-guard front, and how we adjust to that. That's our basic 30 coverage. Other things that we will do out of this, we will make a tight call. When we make a tight call, these bottom two guys stay exactly what it sounds like. They stay tight. They stay on the blocks, which means that these three have to cover everything on the perimeter. Why would we do that? There's several different reasons. If you see a three out, two in offense, I know it's not as popular anymore, but you do see it from time to time, we'll make a tight call. If you're worried about 
rebounding the basketball or you're getting hurt rebounding the basketball. We'll make a tight call because these two basically have the weak side covered. And we can kind of clog up everything there. The third reason we would go to a tight call would be if you got wings that simply aren't very good shooters and we'll try to bait kids into shooting a shot that they're not comfortable with shooting. We would go with, go with that as well. And a fourth reason is if we're getting hurt with a high low or low or in particular a low high. So if the ball's getting down here into this corner and then they're diving a high post there, we'll go to a tight call for getting hurt with that. Because again, we are trying to jam up that entire middle to make that difficult to do. So those that is the second coverage we will make out of that is to go tight. Um, a very simple adjustment. Three kids on the perimeter obviously have to communicate very well to get matched up with the three perimeter players, but very effective for us um, in, in the situations that I mentioned. So that's 30, and now we got 30 tight. A couple other things that we will do out of this. I don't do this very often, probably a little conservative nature out of me, I guess, but we will make a call 32. 30 being the 3-2 zone, two is gonna tell us that we're gonna trap high. So, we will extend out in this situation here, and we will trap these areas right there. Now, Coach, when do you trap them? That's up to you. Sometimes we will trap immediately when the ball comes over half court, or we may make them make one horizontal pass before we will trap it. But this is just your basic one-two-two trap coverage. We're going to go trap here, here, cover short middle, cover deep middle, and don't let a direct sideline pass go down the sideline there. So it's a base, basic, basic one-two-two. We call it 32. And in this situation, we typically will only trap one time. We don't go chasing after it when we're in 32. Um, if we have an experienced team and I feel very, very comfortable with court leadership, point guard, or whoever on the floor, and the offense kind of gets into a reset mode, uh, we may trap a second time, but that'll be the kids calling that on the floor and, and doing that. We don't really scramble here. I'll show you a situation where we do scramble here in a minute. But 32, uh, we will show this from time to time just as a changeup. Coach, how high do you have your, your point man and then those – those great two question. Wings. Depends on your personnel. Uh, great question. If and scouting report. If I have a lot of length, I'll extend that all the way out to the center circle. If I don't, it'll be more of a third court, quarter court situation. Again, we'll show that as a change up from time to time. Now, something we do more often is what we call 33. 33 is going to indicate a trap low. Three in our system is a trap low. 33, what we're going to do is we're going to trap first pass below the wing. 
We want to invite the ball below the wing to the corner. So in this situation, offense comes here, pass comes. Low wing or the baseline, we want to trap that. Here, here's your basic trap. Obviously, for those of you that trap, you know the important here is we talk to our kids all the time about it's got to be a top-down angle because as soon as this guy catches the ball, he wants, he wants to do one thing normally or two things. Throw it back right where he came from or he wants to dribble the ball up the sideline. So we have to be top-down up there, and obviously the bottom man can't get beat baseline. I'd rather get split in this situation than give the ball right back to them, pass it right back to where it came from, or, again, dribble it up the sideline. Our middleman, immediately when they see that pass go, they deny the pass out. So they're there. Weak side block is coming over. Can play behind. It's okay. But, again, they have to be low. We talked about that. They have to be low. And then this man on the weak side wing has everything back here. Obviously, he like the low trap better because it gives them less outlets. What you give up is the skip pass back out top, out to this area, and you can get reset again. Just like 32, we usually do this one time. Unless we get reset and the call happens on the floor, in our case, it'll be the point guard. But um, so we run this pretty frequently. We run this on inbounds under as well. Uh, teams like to throw the ball to the corner and inbounds under, we'll trap it right away, 33. So we, we use that as a change up more often than we do 32, just because it's a little bit more conservative. And there's not as many outlets to get beat on. So 30, 30 tight, 32, 33. Our last call out of this that we make is what we call 35. Five being the second number in our system means we're trapping everywhere. We are trapping absolutely everywhere. So we will extend this one typically out a little bit more than we do with 32. And just like you would in a one, two, two situation, We're going to try to be pretty aggressive with this. Normally, we don't wait on a pass. We will go get it as soon as the ball crosses half court with your basic 1-2-2 coverage. Wherever they go, now with the basketball, wherever they go with the basketball, if they want to come cross court with it and the ball's now here, we're just going to chase. And the opposite wing is going to trap there. If the ball goes down, it'll look like 33. So we're just trapped. We are, it's uh, kind of controlled chaos. We're just going after that if you got the personnel to do that. So those are the traps that we run out of this. So we, 30 is a basic coverage. Tight, we try to jam everything up. 32, we're going to trap high. 33, we're going to trap low. And 35, we're trapping everywhere. We're just chasing after it. If you're pretty athletic, you got some good quickness here, great situations uh, to change calls. That's five different coverages, basically. Um, 
So you're not just sitting back in the same thing unless it, the same thing is being effective the whole time. Why change? But uh, we will give all those different looks. Another look, and the last one out of this, that we're going to do some this year, and I'll explain why in a situation. We call 30 yo-yo. 30 yo-yo. Okay. 30 yo-yo is talking about this middle man. We have a pretty long and athletic kid right here. And we're pretty slow back here. 30 yo-yo, what's going to happen is that this middleman, he's now going to be responsible for this triangle block to block and all the way back up to the top again. There. If the ball is in the corner, ball side still has to get there. But now our coverage down low is going to be with this guy here getting down here. Coach, why would you do it? Number one, that's an athletic kid and he can do it. But remember I said we have some slow-footed kids here at the back. Now, now by doing this, he's basically in a tight coverage back here at the back just staying there. He doesn't have to get all the way to the ball side block, or yes, to the ball side block. So it cuts off the lane for him. And then, then if he had to get all the way to the ball side block, he'd have to recover to the corner. And if you're slow back there, then that's a very, very difficult thing to do. So essentially, we're cutting off our back guys. They only have to go from ball side block to ball side corner. And we've cut off their, you know, with our personnel right now, cut off that ability to not be able to get back to the weak side corner. And again, it works best if you're kind of long and athletic because even if he's a little slow down there, we have a young man that's able to kind of block shots, whether it be from behind or whatever, or alter shots. So we're going to go to this coverage here to try to cover for our inadequacies back there at the back of the zone. Um, so those are the basic coverages that we run. 30. 30 tight, 32, 33, 35, and 30 yo-yo. It's a lot. You know, people think zone, they think you just do one thing. We're doing six things out of it. And not surprisingly, we will combine this with our one-two-two press as well at multiple levels, half court, three-quarter court, and even full court. I told you it was going to go fast. What Coach Smith broke down in 30 minutes, you kidding me? I mean, you ever listen to certain people talk? They go for 20, 30 minutes, and then you leave, and like, man, they really could have said all that in five. The information that Coach Smith broke down, and in, in the Zoom presentation, you know, he's got his whiteboard, he's drawn, he's diagramming the offense and the defense and the rotations, and, you know, towards the last 20 minutes or so, we're asking different questions about different looks and some of the rotations that we have. And I know every coach in our meeting gained a lot from him taking the time to speak to us. So again, I want to thank Coach Smith. If you want more of this, more in-depth, more detail, you want to be able to keep the presentations, you want the videos, you want the PDFs, you want the game breakdowns, you can go to coachesedge.coach to join our membership. Again, our Michigan Thumb Area Coaches Clinic, Unionville Sleeping Area Schools is November 13th. And if you want to register for our free presentation, 
that's this coming Wednesday. All right. Let me look at the exact date. Let me get it up on my computer. It's October 26th. On October 26th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be talking about in-season player development. I'll break down some videos, some thoughts, and most importantly, some questions, because what I give you shouldn't be exactly what you do. But I think I can ask some good questions that can get your mind around the different things that can help you be successful from an individual player standpoint that will translate into the system that you play in. And that's extremely important as well. So you can sign up for that presentation October 26th at KramerBasketball.com slash events. That's the same place that you'd register for the coaches clinic, which is on November 13th. If you have questions about our online membership with CoachsEdge.coach, reach out to me. It's contact at KramerBasketball.com. And if you sign up, you're like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make that meeting, but I'd love it. Send me an email, sign up for the presentation, and we will record it and send it out to you as well. Thank you for listening. We hope to talk to you soon. Get after it today.